All right, welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and I'm really happy to be joined by my good friend and my colleague, Dr. Stan Steindl from Australia. Uh, Stan knows a great deal about helpfulness and all of those fascinating dynamics that exist when people try to do good in the world or try to do good for others. So Stan, I wonder if you might begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hello, Kate. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you, you make me smile big when I, when I hear your, your introduction. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a clinical psychologist. Uh, I, uh, I'm a therapist and, and trainer here in, in Brisbane, Australia. Um, and yeah, one of the things that you and I share, I guess, is, the, is a love for motivational interviewing and, and helping people change and, and sort of trying where we can to, to understand what is a helpful conversation. How, how can we actually um, sort of take part in and, and sort of facilitate a conversation that, that really starts to, to enhance people's motivation and, and ultimately a commitment to... To, to change or action or, or finding a way to, to be helpful for them. And, yeah. and I'm also uh, very interested in compassion and, and self-compassion, I suppose, as well. And, and um, of course, that all plays a bit of a role in motivational interviewing, but um, I'm uh, particularly interested, too, in an approach called compassion-focused therapy. So those are my two loves, really, actually, is, is motivational interviewing and compassion-focused therapy. My, my two loves, at least professionally, I sure, must admit. Sure. I also have a Labrador, so you know, that, that's another one of my loves. But yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure your friends and family would love to hear that your two loves are motivational interviewing and compassion-focused therapy. Yes, yes I, I might have to keep that on the download, but um, yeah. All right. Well, this, this will just be between you and me then. We won't share it with anyone else. Um, but, you know, we're smiling because you and I know that from speaking to a lot of people who try to be helpful to others, that so much of what we do is very well-meaning, right? Like I always say, it comes from a good place. <laughs> this is usually where I start my training. So it's like just speaking to a group about what does it mean to be well-meaning and coming from a good place? And, you know, you and I have talked before about how that inner drive to help, as kind as it may be, uh, it sometimes gets us into trouble. And so what can you tell us about that from your perspective, given the work that you do? Yes, I, I think it comes back to our basic humanity and our tricky brains, really. Because, <laughs> um, you know, let's say we have two people, really. We have the person who perhaps is being helped and the person doing the helping. Yeah. And so first, the, the person being helped is, is probably going through a lot. You know, in fact, sometimes we might be seeing someone, you know, during some of the worst days of their lives, in mm -hmm. fact, you know. And, and so, um, you know, they're often very threat system activated. 
You know, their, their tricky brain is in fight, flight, freeze, appease mode. And, and so they're, they're sort of, they're really on, on high alert for, for any kind of, of threat and, and then sort of responding to that threat with either fight, flight, freeze or appease. And then the person trying to help is well-meaning, as you say, you know, and, and, and very concerned for the person that they're trying to help and worried maybe about what might you know sort of happen for them if they if that person continues on on this path and so on and and so you know actually they become kind of threat system activated too yeah. i think you know and and so their fight flight freeze appease response is is a little bit kind of you know activated and starts to to motivate them to sort of urge the person or maybe kind of tell them what they really should do or start to even push them or even, you know, maybe coerce them. And, and then, of course, that, that they're, they're then starts to kind of trigger the threat system in, yeah. in the other person kind of even that little bit more. So all of a sudden we have um, two people, you know, two, two humans kind of with their threat systems just that little bit activated. It doesn't have to be, even be a lot necessarily, but just that little bit of threat system activation. And, and now we've got a different dynamic. We've got a dynamic where there's, there's more defensiveness or, or maybe there's sort of kind of anger that starts to, to sort of bubble up and, and, um, and the, the, the sort of the very well-intentioned, well-meaning often actually on both parts, you know, the person being mm -hmm. helped is often there in a very well-meaning, well-intentioned way, yeah. as is the person trying to help. But now we're caught in this, in this sort of struggle, really. But it's, but it's our brains, you know, it's, it's the, the, the brain, the tricky brain and, and the way that the threat system, you know, kind of comes in and intrudes and starts to influence the whole dynamic. Well, I think that's really helpful because I've heard a lot of people describe, and by people, I mean the helpers out there. I've heard a lot of helpers out there describe this moment, just, just very much like you have, Stan, as like a siren is going off in my head and it's saying, danger, danger, danger. I've got to help this person. And we get, and I love your use of the word activated. We get activated into basically survival mode because this siren is saying, you better do something. You better step it up. And you haven't helped this person yet. And you need to do more and you should be saying more and trying harder. And, and, you know, those who listen to this stand will never see my hands, what they're doing right now. So I have to describe them, but it's almost like this, like strangling motion I'm doing with my hands, do more, try harder. It's, it's threatening in and of itself. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of people describe it that way. When here you are just trying to help your friend, help your family member, help a client, help a patient. And yet we're thrown into this, um, you know, this, this distress. Um, mm. And I, I think thinking of it like a siren has really stuck with me. It's a great metaphor for it. I mean, siren is all about, you know, danger, warning, you know, mm -hmm. The, the threat is coming or whatever and, and this sort of sense that um, I must act, I must yeah. act really. To, you know, the, the motive is a very good motive. It's a threat protection motive. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the, the desire is to reduce or remove the threat. Um, it's just that we're now in that activated sort of state, sympathetic nervous system, you know, is mm-hmm. now kind of upregulating everything. You know, the heart starts racing. And I, I'm being a bit dramatic there, but sometimes it's, it's actually really like that. You know, yeah. we, we really start to feel very anxious and a little bit panicky about, you know, this person that we, we really would like to help. And, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the alarm bells are ringing, the sirens are going off. The other bit that you said there, which I think is really key, is we we sometimes also start to have a bit of a go at ourselves. You know, you should be doing better. You should be helping this person. You know, you're not doing well enough. You're not doing good enough at, at helping them. So the initial thing to activate the threat system is our concern for the other person only to then be compounded by this inner voice, this kind of self-critical voice or, or, um, or, or catastrophizing voice or, or fearful imagining voice that starts to have a go at ourselves. Yeah. Well, I was nodding along with that because as you were describing our threat systems getting activated, of course, I had to wonder, well, what is the threat? what's threatening us and I have some guesses and I'll bet you could probably add to my list but but my guesses are things like is my reputation being threatened if I can't be a helpful person is my self-esteem or self-worth threatened if I can't help this person is my identity as a helper being threatened if I can't help this person. And, and those are just the sort of selfish ones. <laughs> you know, there, I'm sure there are, there's a much longer list of things that are under attack or feeling threatened that are far more compassionate and caring. But I do hear that, that slightly more selfish list. <laughs> I do hear that from a lot of people who say, but I'm a helper, but that's who I am. And I'm a good person and I'm a helpful person. And if my attempts to help fail, who am I? What does that mean about me? And and that starts to feel like sort of a threat to one's own self-perception or their their identity, especially if it's your professional identity. Mm -hmm. Yes, I definitely think there's the selfless threats that that sort of... (laughs) To begin with, the caring motivation is in the mix as well. You know, we, 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 we are, as human brain, beings, as, as tricky as our brains might be, we also have a soothing affiliative system, a, a part of our brain that is about connecting and feeling safe together and looking after each other, nurturing each other. I mean, we, we can be a... A, a rather, you know, sort of um, cruel species sometimes, you know, to, to our own species and, and even to others. But we have this other part of our brain, this, this soothing affiliative system that really motivates us to care. Mm-hmm. And so that's in the mix as well. And, and we can feel real distress at, at, in the presence of, of another's suffering. You know, we, we actually do very genuinely feel that through our you know, higher order brain functions really of being able to empathize and mentalize and, and really understand what that suffering might be like. So there's a there's a very, very genuine caring aspect which leads to feelings of personal distress in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense 
you know, there, there's threat system activation there. But we're also uh, a species that has these self-conscious emotions, yeah. you know, a whole range of, of um, you know, our sense of ourselves, um, our own personal identity, but especially to how we might be viewed in the minds of others or how we might be held in the minds of others. And, and so we, we, we worry about that. You know, that, that's a very big concern because, uh, well, if, if the mind of the other views us negatively or disapproves of us or, or that sort of thing, then, you know, the dire consequences might come from that. You know, we, mm -hmm. might, we might at least be sort of downranked. You mentioned reputation and so yeah. on. And, and so one of the, the fears and, and the, the, the threat, threat system activating aspects of that is that we get downranked in, in, the, in the sort of the hierarchy. But ultimately the fear is that we get cast out of the group, mm. you know, and for primitive humans, um, being cast out of the group meant, meant death really, you know, like yeah. half a dozen of us, well, we can probably shoo away a lion or something, but, you know, one of us and, and we're dead. And so it, it, it's sort of a strange thing to imagine, but, you know, actually when we're there and we're trying to help someone and we feel very concerned for them, but then we also start to think that we're not doing good enough. We're not actually being good enough in this moment. It's, it's actually no small thing because it, it triggers this pathway in the brain, which is actually a, a fear of being downranked, cast out and dead. Wow. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, it's really important to start to think about these, these more self-conscious emotions that, that mm -hmm. can, can absolutely happen for the, the helper, feeling, feeling guilty maybe, or feeling uh, even certain shame about mm -hmm. not being good enough, feeling inadequate, feeling inferior, feeling no good. And those things can just niggle in the back of the mind, I think, of the helper sometimes. And, and that, that that's really uh, becomes very threat activating as well. I'm sure our listeners are breathing a sigh of relief that not all of our distress is the selfish type. <laughs> like, yes. whew, thank goodness. Thank there goodness. Thank goodness we do genuinely love and care about one another. Um, and then I'm sure they took a deep gasp when they heard that we also fear death as a result of this. <laughs> right? It does seem a bit dramatic, doesn't it? Just, just when things were starting to look a little bit better, Stan says, well, this is really all based in the fact that you might get cast off and die. Uh, <laughs> You know, and all, all jokes aside, I was speaking to someone recently. She is, um, she's a social worker and a friend of mine. And we were talking about the ways that sometimes helpful people um, do unhelpful things. I mean, that's, that's what I talk about every day. <laughs> and she used this phrase that I thought of while you were speaking. She said, sometimes we, we might make some mistakes, but it's out of self-preservation. And I, I sat back in my chair and I, th I thought to myself, there's really something to that, that mm. when we maybe um, come on a little strong with our helpfulness, I did air quotes there that no one will see, but you saw mm. them, Stan. I got it. <laughs> when we come on strong with our helpfulness or 
do things that end up not being so helpful? Might it be coming from this place of self-preservation from time to time? I, I think, I think absolutely. That's that's what we're we're sort of talking about too. Uh, we're, we're really there. We have these different motives, I think, and and we have the caring motive, but we have the self-preservation kind of motive, the the threat protection motive for ourselves, and and so sometimes, I mean, especially you know, if you imagine working in a system, you know, and and you have to. Uh, reach key targets or, or demonstrate, you know, kind of outcomes or, you know, kind of fix people within, you know, four sessions or one session or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and, and you know that, that actually someone checks, you know, someone's checking, you know, and, and to see what, what, what are your numbers looking like, for example, yeah. and, and, and you know that it's going to be brought up, you know, next supervision session, you know, that, that that's, going to be there and and so you have this person sitting in front of you and you know that they're suffering and you know that they're um, also you know, perhaps distressed and got the, their threat system going but you have this thing in the background as well that you know I've got to I've got to really get get some change here I've got to help this person I I, I need them to be better and and not only that but the last person felt that way and the next person is going to feel this way as well and and so you know but but oh you know what if what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not doing a good job? You know, um, so-and-so down the corridor, they get great uh, results with their clients. And, you know, I, what, if I'm, what if I'm a bad therapist? You know, what if I shouldn't even be doing this thing? And, and then all of a sudden, out of our mouths comes something that, that really, um, you know, we suddenly have a go at the person maybe, you know, like mm. you, you should, you, but, you know, you should do this for your kids or something. Yeah. And then yeah. we think, oh no, that's that's wrong. I, sh I that's not what I should say. That's, and 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 so then you then we berate ourselves. You see, you're not a good enough clinician. You're a bad clinician. Um, and it's 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 actually when I describe it all that, it, it's pretty stressful sometimes. You know, to 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 be in that spot. And then imagine you're a mom or a dad or a best friend who has no clinical training at all imagine and you probably don't have to imagine i know you are a father <laughs> um but i'm i'm asking maybe all the listeners to imagine then you have no professional training you have no license in this and you're also trying to be helpful to others i it's hard for me to even fathom just how much your average person says I must be a bad friend. I must be a bad mom. I must be a bad parent. I must be a bad spouse because I can't help this person who I love. And, and I, I'm actually hoping for them listening that hearing a psychologist say, oh, we have all this training and we too, <laughs> we too berate ourselves and wonder, am I bad at this? Um, even with all of the professional training that we have, um, I wonder if the, the everyday helpers out there are all saying, oh, so it's not just me. Mm. I think if we capture that phrase that you just said, I think that's a really important one. You know, I must be a bad insert role here. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that, that, that if we can bring awareness to that, actually, uh, there's a lot of potential power there or, or, or sort of, you know, like if we can be going like, for example, I do have kids and, and um, one of my kids is still at school and doesn't like maths. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have had 
um, we, we, we used to have, I'll, I'll give myself a bit of credit, you know, we, we used to have big arguments about maths and, and I would be really trying to sort of, you know, push him into doing some homework, you know, and, and whatever. And, and, um, and yeah, I can really relate to, I must be a bad dad because those conversations never went well. And in fact, they never helped him to do more homework actually either. So if, but if we can just, if we can capture that, that moment where up in the mind comes something like that, oh, ah, I'm noticing myself telling myself I must be a bad dad. You know, what, let, let's stop and think about that. What, what's mm -hmm. what's the, the, the awareness and understanding and kind of wisdom, especially wisdom about our tricky brains, really, you know, like yeah. what, what, what wisdom can I bring to this moment so that I can sort of understand what that's about, soften it a little bit and have a, have a think, what, what, how can I approach this perhaps differently and, and, and so on? Well, even the way you describe that response, you said things like, like, what wisdom can I bring to that? How can I soften that? Um, how could I think differently about that? You know, it's so different than saying, ah, oh, I have to stop thinking that way. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, because ah. some, sometimes we catch ourselves being cruel to ourselves and then yell at ourselves for being cruel to ourselves. Yeah. And so somewhere we have to stop that vicious cycle and offer a little kindness. Like, what do I know about this that might be helpful in this moment? That's a kinder, gentler way to break that cycle rather than saying, oh, I did it again. I'm, I'm, I'm shaming myself and I have to stop doing that. That's terrible. But, but that's yes. just doing it all over again. <laughs> it's the dragon eating its own tail. Yes, yes. exactly. It, it, and, and, um, oh, but, but very familiar, isn't it? To, mm. to all of us, you know, we, you idiot, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the sort of the self-talk there that, that can, 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 can sneak in, you know, we, we, we sort of feel like an idiot because of how we, just made a mistake in, in trying to be helpful. And then we feel like an idiot for calling ourselves an idiot and, and, and so on it goes. And it's, yeah. a, it's a, and, and you mentioned, you know, shame and shaming ourselves. And, and that's, you know, that's sort of what it boils down to, isn't it? It's, it's a kind of a helper shame. It, it's a sort mm -hmm. of a, a feeling that we have a very, very painful feeling, actually, you know, that, that we have, that we are inadequate, inferior, you know, worthless no good mm -hmm. uh and it's it, it's a very it's a very common in fact universal human emotion really isn't it shame um but it's also a very painful and yeah. and causes us a, a a lot of suffering you know causes us to really you know hang our heads and bury our face in our hands and 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 sort of feel small and 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 want to hide away mm -hmm. uh, we we sometimes think that this berating style of, of, of talking to ourselves is somehow going to motivate us um, to, to do better. Uh, but actually, it just all gets internalised as, as this sort of sense of shame, which really demotivates us, actually, and, and, and you know, kind of puts us off the whole thing. And, and you know, we, we sometimes feel like, well, I'd almost rather just kind of give up on this whole thing. It really interrupts our growth. It interrupts any progress we might have been otherwise chasing. It interrupts 
um, our, our, you know, our, our activities, it interrupts any healing we would have been doing through those threat activation moments. It just interrupts it. The, the shame just sort of uh, stops the record on all those things that could have been spinning. <laughs> mm, it's like, it's like throwing this big gray wet blanket over yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, um, yeah, I mean, we, but, but it is, it is universal. You know, we, we can all sort of uh, relate to shame. It, it's mm-hmm. funny because it feels very isolating and, and separating and, and disconnecting. And yet, funnily enough, it, it's, it's one emotion that, that actually really connects us all. Yeah. You know, when we feel shame, one thing's for certain, and that is that those around us probably feel bits and pieces of that too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it actually, it, you know, it, it can be something that, that, that really creates a sense of common humanity. Yeah. Well, we've talked about death and shame and a gray wet blanket. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to make everyone feel better. <laughs> and, and that was my intro to saying, you know, I, I know, I know, well, I suspect that there's this other side that we could talk about, like the hopeful piece about how to take better care of ourselves when we are receiving help, giving help, um, whatever that may be, which, whichever side of that conversation you're on, um, you know, what is something that you, you sort of wish people knew about, you know, really thriving in these moments of helping or receiving help rather than struggling so much? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, well, I I suspect that you're you suspected right that, that I'm, I'm, this is where I I you know sort of you know compassion is, yeah. is the thing and and um but but not not you know compassion across the three flows and and this is one of the things that's really been helpful for me you know personally and 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 in, in the work as well but but just this reminder that that compassion flows in three directions. Mm-hmm. So as a helper, yes, absolutely. There's there's compassion flowing towards the other person, you know. And 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 when when I say compassion, it, it's it's really that sensitivity to suffering mm-hmm. in that other person, and a motivation and commitment to try to help alleviate or prevent that suffering. You know that that's yeah. really at the heart of of what we're trying to do there as as a as a helper. I mean, even with my son, you know, the whole idea of wanting him to do his maths is, is, for, is for him to, you know, kind of do well and feel good about himself and, and you know, go on and have a, a happy and successful life. You know, that, that's, it, it, there's a compassionate motivation there. So there's compassion for others. The second one to think about is that there's also receiving compassion from others. Mm. Now, this is the one that helpers often find tricky, you know, opening myself up to receiving it. And, 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 and shame can get in there sometimes too, because we think, oh, you know, if I, if I need others to help me, then maybe I'm somehow weak or, or you know, I, well, I don't want people's pity or, you know, I, it's dog eat dog out there. I, I should be strong enough to deal with this or something like that. All these funny little fears, blocks and resistances come up. Um, but it's really important as, as, as helpers to also see can I practice opening myself up to receiving compassion Mm -hmm. from others 
uh, even little bit by little bit, you know, just, just sort of um, practicing that. And then, of course, the third flow is self to self or self compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's because we, if, if we were really start, if we stop and think about it and we really want to be helpful to another person, we would really never say to them the sorts of things that we sometimes say to ourselves, you know, thinking oh. that it's going to motivate ourselves, you know, the, the self-criticism and, and not only self-criticism, but a very self-attacking, self-condemning, self-hating mm -hmm. self-criticism. Now, we'd never say that to someone else if we really genuinely, you know, are, are sort of wanting to help them. And, and so, you know, self-compassion is, is kind of something of an antidote there as well. You know, the mm -hmm. way we treat ourselves whereby, well, we're, we're sort of sensitive to our own suffering yeah. and, and we are motivated and committed to trying to alleviate and prevent that as well. You know, this this very genuine motivation to alleviate and prevent suffering in, in ourselves and others. And a really nice sort of catchphrase there, I, I really use this all the time just with myself is, you know, may I be helpful rather than harmful to myself and others. You know, mm. that's, that's kind of the, the little mantra there. And, and so um, I, I feel like that's a, a key step. How can we cultivate um, compassion and self-compassion in our lives as, as we're sort of trying to navigate this, this helping role? Well, a, a few things there, many, many things are really helpful, but I, I especially appreciate your use of the word practice. This is something that you practice. Um, I, I, I hope that the listeners can hear this is not a switch that you flip one day and one day all your flows are in order. You are you know, offering compassion to others and receiving it from them and having compassion for yourself and everything's aligned and balanced and flowing well. It's more something that you practice little bit by little bit to see if you can get is balance the right word, Stan, to get the balance right? Well, I, I think balance is the aspiration, but I think you're right. You know, th this is not easy stuff. You know, it, it, it's 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 tough. It, it's it's even a bit scary. And 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 actually, don't forget too that that compassion is is a sensitivity to suffering. So so it is about working with the suffering that that others and ourselves might be experiencing and 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 so that's tough too you know it's no small thing really to to be present in suffering uh it it takes a lot of wisdom as we mentioned before it takes a lot of strength and, and groundedness and and calmness you know wherever possible how can we just practice as well you know calmness and 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 um sort of bringing it back to the body and and creating that sort of slowing slowing down the body, slowing down the mind. And it, it, it takes a lot of courage as yeah. well, actually. You know, like compassion, it certainly has the warmth, the, the um, perhaps the gentleness or the nurturing. And it also has the strength and the courage um, and, and the kind of the, that sense of groundedness as, as well. And, and um, so there's this kind of a yin and a yang to it, isn't there? Mm -hmm. There's sort of... The, the, the softer aspects and the, the, the harder aspects, perhaps, you know, to, to compassion. 
and and so anyway, yes, as you you were kind of you you were you were reflecting it, it it's um the aspiration is balance, um, but the reality of the daily life is practice. You know, how do we practice this sort of thing? How do we, for example, with receiving compassion from others, a really nice practice is just to see, can I notice little signals from others or little gestures that they might make where perhaps they are, they are offering me a, a little bit of kindness or a little bit of care. Sometimes we're just kind of like, the, the shutters are up and we just don't even notice that people are there for us or are offering us these little moments to kind of, so really great practice is just to sort of wander through our day and just think, ah, oh, can I notice when these little moments are occurring? And, and at the end of the day, sort of um, practicing, you know, kind of gratitude and appreciation. I, I remember that person did, did sort of reach out to me to be helpful or, you know, and then of course the next challenge is, all right, so my next practice will be to actually accept that help, <laughs> to actually open up to receiving that. And, and when someone says, you know, can I give you a hand with such and such, rather than, oh, no, 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 I'm fine or whatever, we, we say, actually, yeah, would you mind? That, that would be really lovely. Thank you. Thank you for, mm -hmm. for, for offering to help. Um, so, so it does, it, it takes that bit by bit practice, I think, each day. And of course, across all of the three flows, we, we think, what, what, what intention can I set at the beginning of the day? What can I notice across the day? And what can I really reflect on and feel grateful for at the end of the day in, in terms of each of these flows of compassion. I like the idea of a very practical exercise. Um, mm. It's the trainer in me, Stan. I like, I like a very practical exercise like the one you described. And mm. I was thinking, you know, I've kind of gotten out of the habit, but for a little while I was in the habit of in the evening around the time I was going to sleep, thinking about some things that I was grateful for. Um, but they were often things like, you know, I'm grateful that I had hot coffee this morning or something like that. And I was also in the habit of thinking, what good did I do for others today? And thinking about the ways that I did things for other people. And then I would rest on that. And you're making me want to gather those little moments of beauty where maybe someone offered kindness or compassion for me, just mostly to make sure that I'm observing them and that I'm learning to receive them well. And so I think that might be a nice addition to a routine if one has one. Mm, yes, uh, uh, observing it and, and, um, and, and appreciating and the, those, little, those little moments as well. Because actually, you know, they, they, they happen. I mean, I, I, I kind of, if I think about it, I, I started off today with that, that notion, you know, that, 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 that it all comes back to our basic humanity and, yeah. and our tricky brains and so on. But, but the, the sort of the, the way through all of that also comes back to our basic humanity, you know, this, this mm -hmm. other aspect, which is about, um, you know, the, 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 the social, interpersonal, relational part of our mm -hmm. species where, where we really are motivated to, to sort of look, look after each other and, and to be there for each other and to connect and, and so on. It can be scary too, you know, especially depending on one's life experiences, for example, or, or early life experiences, you know, around 
what it was like to be cared for or not cared for and yeah. so on. And that's probably a whole nother conversation. But, but, um, but you know, there, there is a part of, this, of our basic humanity which is about these three flows, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's what we were designed to do. And, and in some ways it really is um, the, the, what's behind the success of our species too, really, yeah. is, is that motivation to look after each other Mm-hmm. Things complicated, you know, the tricky brain sneaks in, the threat system kind of, you know, well, it, it can start running the show sometimes. But, but also this, this other part, you know, the, the, and these three flows. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we just need to kind of keep that in mind, practice it, you know, explore it, you know, and, and gradually move towards the balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wonder if you would mind me asking just more about you specifically, what, what keeps you going in this work? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. You must feel like you talk about the flows of compassion a lot. And like, what, what keeps you coming back to this subject? What draws you to it or, or lights you up about this topic? It's a very penetrating question in a way because um you know it is about trying to think what 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 is it that that motivates one to help and and motivates one to keep helping uh and and you know many of the people that might be listening to this might sort of take your your opportunity uh, you know to 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 ponder this for themselves too you know like it is it is a really interesting question what 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 motivates us to help and what motivates us to keep helping and and you know i've been you know i've been a clinical psych now for 20 something years and and um and i really do feel no less enthusiastic and and you know kind of motivated by that idea as as ever ever i did Mm -hmm. um and uh i think that it's a very powerful feeling that that it, that and, and motivation that that is that is deeply held, and we we want to sort of be helpful, and we want to try to um, help people to suffer less and and feel um, not only suffer less but flourish and and thrive in their lives, and and I, I think for me too, it, it's 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 such a, a rich and um, deep and interesting field, and 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 you, you probably never really know everything about it. And mm-hmm. so, I think that keeps me going as well. I mean, compassion, for example. Um, sometimes we might put compassion on the list of you know our treatment plan or something, and you know <laughs> we, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we'll be compassionate, and we'll do this, and we'll do this. But if you actually dive into compassion and what it is, it, it's a it's a rich, multi-dimensional, um, and and you know quite um, sophisticated concept, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a sensitivity to suffering and self and others, and a motivation and commitment to try to alleviate and prevent it. Um, there is that kind of level of the definition, but it's it's also about it's about sensitivity. It's about empathy. It's about sympathy and non-judgment and distress tolerance and a care for well-being. And, mm. and it's, it's sort of and each one of those is is rich with with yeah. sort of um, with with 
nuance and, and detail and, and, and so on. And, and then it's it, it, actually there's a whole range of areas that, that relate to it. So people who are very interested in neuroscience can dive into the neuroscience of compassion. And, and that's fascinating stuff around, yeah. the, around our tricky brains and, and our <laughs> central nervous system and the role of parasympathetic nervous system and the vagus nerve and all of that stuff is, is, is fascinating. But, but for, for others, it, it might actually be the spiritual and wisdom traditions yeah. and, and, and the way that for thousands of years, people have talked about and written about compassion and the way that we mm. might sort of treat people and help people and, and so on. And so there's, there's the deep dive there. And then of course, you know, the, the psychological theories for it all, attachment theory and, and um, even the, the, the cognitive behavioral therapies and the acceptance and commitment therapies and developmental psychology and of course, evolutionary psychology. And so there's a, there's a whole way in there as well. And, and then of course, it's, it's just the daily practice, mm -hmm. the sitting, the walking, the, 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 the meditation, the, the action, you know, bringing it into our daily lives and, and just trying to kind of embody compassion, you know, sort of standing upright, rolling back the shoulders, opening the chest, looking forward and around and starting to really cultivate that compassionate motivation. So I, I've, I've sort of, um, you know, waxed lyrically there a little bit, but um, I guess what I'm saying is that it, it is, it, it's a, a, a beautiful thing and, and it's, a, it's a complex thing, a multidimensional thing. And I, I find that, you know, you can, you can continue to dive in and explore all of that and learn new things mm. all the time. And, and, and that's, that, that's the, the, the real thing that I think keeps me going. And, and with, with a constant, the, 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 the compass always, always pointing towards being helpful. And, and, and you know being being uh, you know helpful as 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 well as I can and, and wherever possible. May I tell you the 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 inspiration for my question? Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though we had sort of joked about the 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 darker subjects that came up earlier and death and shame and all this heavy stuff and suffering. You know, I was listening to you maybe 10 or 15 minutes ago, and I was thinking to myself, Stan still really sees the good in us all. Um, and that's what made me ask the question, what brings you to this work? What keeps you going? Because I guess what I'm seeing in you is that you've dedicated your work to this area around, you know, um, being sensitive to suffering in others. And yet through all of that, you still strike me as someone who sees all the best in us. And um, it might've been when you said something about the success of our species and it, it, it raised my sarcastic side when I wanted to be like, how successful have we been, Stan? <laughs> and, right. and, and because my sarcastic side came up and, and yours did not, I thought, wow, Stan, you still really see all the good in us. And, and thank goodness that you do. And, and my guess, is that this work has actually enriched your life, not just your profession, but your life in many ways. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I often, it, in some ways, I, I trace it back to my, my granny and mm -hmm. some big conversations I, I had with her. And I've, I've spoken about that before, but, um, but yes, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's this sense of, 
the the good in us, but also the way that we suffer, and you know that that it's it's worth working towards suffering less. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that might be a nice place for us to start to shift out of this. I'd like to end it there. It's worth it's worth suffering less. Yes. Um, and, and I know I, I had checked with you, but I, I'm going to say now on the recording, you know, if, if folks do want to get in touch with you or um, ask you some questions or follow your work in some way, is it all right with you, Stan, if I put your information on our website so people can find it there? Absolutely, yes. I, I, I really enjoy talking about this stuff. And if anyone is, is interested or would like to kind of engage with, with all of that, yeah, please do. I, I'd be excited to to hear from people. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for not just spending this time with me, but also your willingness to spend time with the listeners who might reach out. And so um, I will share that information. And and I I hope that you do hear from some folks who are kind of catching this bug and maybe want to run with it as well and interested in the flows of compassion and how we can all um, work toward this better world where where it's worth working toward the end of suffering. Folks, in the meantime, I'm saying this stand now to the listeners. That's why I'm addressing the plural here. (laughs) In the meantime, I'd love it if people might consider following us on Instagram, where our handle is at I was O-T-T-H. O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. And I'm still getting used to making this plug. I'm still really awkward around it, but... There's now a book available, Only Trying to Help, and it can be purchased at Amazon. I turn bright red every time I mention it. So that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) Um, And if anybody has any questions or comments or would like to reach out on this subject or any subject that we cover on the show, you can email me at kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. Thanks so much again, Stan, for your time. I know it's early in the morning for you. So thank you for that. I appreciate it, Kate. It was lovely talking to you. And I I really also appreciate all you do. So thank you.